Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 283. Hope you're having a good start to the week, wherever you are. I feel like it's uh, June 1st, and we're about to have some serious summer kick in, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. And if you're a company interested in appearing in the UL Discovery section as a sponsored discovery, you can now reserve a spot for that for summer and fall of 2021. Just head over to danielmiesler.com slash sponsorship. All right, starting off with security news, the FBI says the Conti ransomware gang, which disabled the Irish healthcare system, has also gone after the healthcare and first responder networks in the United States. They say they've hit over 400 organizations worldwide and at least 290 in the U.S., including police departments, 911 dispatch centers, and others. Researchers at Georgetown University used GPT-3 to generate disinformation on climate change and foreign affairs, and they were able to tangibly sway real people's opinions. They showed people GPT-generated content on topics like the Afghanistan troop withdrawal, and U.S. sanctions against China, for example. And they were able to double the number of people that were against a given policy. That is pretty extraordinary. Doubling the impact, basically. Doubling the number of people, you know, in one direction or another for a tangible thing like a survey, which, you know, could be analogous to voting. And this is all text generated by GPT-3. Now, they did mention that it was curated, so there was still a little bit of handling. And this is what we've heard from everyone dealing with GPT-3. So if it makes a bunch of text for you, like 10 different things, you might pick the best ones out of it, or you might discard the worst ones. So there is a little bit of human interaction, but uh, it's, yeah, it's able to produce some really, really scary stuff. The SolarWinds group is going after think tanks with a new backdoor called Native Zone. Have I Been Pwned has gone open source, and the project is getting help from the FBI and pulling in known compromised passwords. New flaws in Bluetooth allow attackers to impersonate legitimate devices, allowing man-in-the-middle attacks. A series of CVEs have been released around the flaws. And impacted vendors, including Android, Cisco, and others, are working on patches. Microsoft released a tool called Counterfeit for testing the effectiveness of AI-based security systems. Facebook says Russia is still the biggest player in disinformation on this platform. Continuous attack surface management, CASM, is becoming a real space now. There are tons of players getting into this, from vulnerability management players to small startups that come from the bug bounty community. I'm pretty intimately close to a number of these. 
And I've got my own analysis here and the links in the newsletter and also the uh, article, which was by a um, really cool guy, also used to be at IOActive, like me, um, Gunter Ullman. Yeah, so you should definitely check that out. It's a really cool space. I'm glad it's finally got a name. Seems like this name is sticking. Attack Service Management. I thought it was going to be ASM, but it looks like it's CASM. A UN report says a drone may have carried out the first known autonomous attack that killed a human last year. The attack was in Libya and was made possible by an object recognition system that does not require connectivity once it's received a target. So this allows it to travel, hunt, and carry out an attack without being given explicit instruction once the target is found. And I believe it's like basically a bomb is on the front of the drone. So it just like dive bombs into the target and, you know, intends to kill them. And uh, Daniel Suarez warned us about this in his book, Kill Decision, which is all about autonomous drones. And it uh, scared the crap out of me when I read that. And yeah, here it is happening. I'm sure this has probably happened before. This is just uh, a documented case, perhaps the first documented case in this uh, UN report. But yeah, this is uh, this is the future we're signing up for. Danish media is saying that Denmark helped the U.S. spy on European politicians, including Angela Merkel. Vulnerabilities, HPE fixes an O'Day in Systems Insight Manager. Siemens PLCs have some newly discovered vulnerabilities. Drupal has released security updates. And VMware Center, or VMware vCenter, has a critical RCE. JBS Foods, the world's largest beef and poultry producer with 245,000 employees around the world, has shut down production due to what they're calling a cyber attack, which most people are saying is probably ransomware. CrowdStrike and EY are uniting to work on organizational resiliency. I like that. I've always been into resilience as the way to go, as opposed to prevention, or in addition to prevention. Salt Security raises $70 million to do API security, and Material Security raises $40 million to address email hacks through integration with identity protection services like Duo and Okta. Technology news, Microsoft is teasing a new version of Windows, and the announcement could be soon, maybe even this week. Supposedly, there will be major UI changes and updates to the App Store. I am hoping it has fewer ads. The Windows 10 ad situation is pretty gross to me. Microsoft has released a tool that lets you write basic code using the power of GPT-3. So you could tell it things like, uh, find me all customers that start with the letter this, and it'll basically write you some SQL or SQL-like code. An AI system looked at 40 years of scientific papers and predicted 19 out of the 20 most impactful publications. Then it looked at current work and picked 50 recent papers that it thinks will be among the top five papers in biotech in the future. Sounds like a dream tool for investors if this thing actually works. Got to worry about overfitting when you look backwards, though. 
Twitter appears poised to release Twitter Blue. It's $2.99 a month subscription tier. One of the features supposedly will be the ability to undo a tweet within a certain time frame, I think. The world's fastest AI supercomputer came online at Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. It's an HP-built Cray computer with 6,159 NVIDIA A100 Tensor Core GPUs, and they intend to use it to build a massive 3D map of the universe, I'm sure among other things. Peloton is building a new $400 million factory in Ohio. Tesla has turned on its in-car camera so they can monitor drivers while they're using autopilot. It's designed to monitor the driver for inattention, and the data is supposed to not leave the car at all, which is good to hear, but devil's in the details, as usual. Tesla is also being fined in Europe for throttling charging speeds, and Tesla is also shipping cars without radar sensors. And they kind of made that change, and suddenly started shipping cars without those sensors. So they said it could be kind of a bumpy ride. And I'm like, that's a little bit scary. Like, if you just suddenly can't get certain sensor data, it seems like it would directly affect safety. But yeah, it's just a weird combination to make such an abrupt change and then also say, oh yeah, it could be a little crazy while we sort things out. It's not what you want to hear from someone so closely tied to safety. But yeah, they're basically moving to purely uh, working off camera systems or primarily working off of camera systems as opposed to radar. Human news. China is now allowing citizens to have up to three kids. Just to be clear, it was illegal to do so before now because the government can tell you how big your family can be. So I guess, thank you. I mean, what's next? Like freedom of expression? That would be crazy. This reminds me of Saudi Arabia allowing women to drive. Like, what do you want, a cookie? You're not supposed to get credit for returning rights to people that weren't yours to take away in the first place. A study by Public Health India says two doses of COVID vaccine, Pfizer or AstraZeneca, are effective against the India variant, but you are significantly more vulnerable if you only take one dose. So it has to be both. No word in this report on Moderna, but I'm hoping it has similar efficacy against that strain. China has maintained an artificial sun at 120 million degrees Celsius for over 100 seconds, which is a new world record. And I'm super impressed, but I wish this wasn't the country that shrugs when their satellites fall out of the sky. Housing inventory is down 37% over year over year. Only San Francisco and New York have a bump in inventory. So it's actually the opposite, right? Low inventory means, you know, high demand. More inventory means less people want it. Um, Should be obvious, but. Yeah, lumber prices are up 300%, and 63% of one sample, I think this was from like a Redfin study, had bid on houses that they'd never seen. 63%. They bid on a house that they've never even seen. And staying with that theme, median home prices are up 19% over a year ago and are at the highest point since 1999. 
You see 1999 and you think, hmm, does that mean we're about to crash? I'm not sure that does at this point. I think the whole pandemic thing just made people want to be very comfortable at home. And part of that means not being kicked out by a landlord. I don't know. I'm speculating. Uh, There's probably lots of reasons for this happening right now, but I'm not sure this is going to decline anytime soon. And we're at an all-time high number of smokers worldwide at 1.1 billion. Rates are dropping, especially in the West, but population growth in China and India has led to overall numbers being higher than ever. An estimated 8 million people died from smoking in 2019. Curious to compare that. in tw- That was 2019, not 2020, but curious how that compares to what the COVID numbers will end up at. Not that it matters. Content ideas and analysis. Convincing and belonging. I think people's opinions are often tied to their identity, which is why it's so hard to change people's minds. When you're arguing with someone, think about what's at stake for them if they were to see things your way. It's often more than they're actually willing to pay. And ask the same thing about yourself as well. Would you lose a sense of belonging to a group if you were to change your mind about certain topics? Next one here, lab leak theory insanity. So this lab leak theory stuff is completely insane to me. So kind of walk with me here on this. So there are many labs. I counted around 50. This is from a Wikipedia article that's in the notes here that deal with extremely dangerous pathogens. And that's 50 that are the uh, level four, level four labs. And it's widely known within the space that we have internationally a problem with lab leak safety. Not only have we had many leaks and accidents all over the world, this is not a China problem. This is not an Asia problem. Like there's tons of labs and there's been many incidents in the US and in the UK, right, over the last couple of decades. And experts in the space have been blowing the whistle about this issue for years. They're screaming at full volume that this is a problem. They write papers about it. They give interviews. They give talks. And they were doing all this before COVID. And they still are now. So if this thing actually came out of the lab in China, which, you know, who who knows what the actual numbers are on this, the actual chances or probability of this, I'm guessing, I have no idea. I'm not an expert in this, and the experts don't seem to agree. I'm guessing there's a very low chance, 5 to 10% chance right now, which is massive compared to people who don't think it's possible. But it's um, very small overall. Anyway, it doesn't actually matter. If it did come out of the lab in China, you know, that would be bad. But it's not the news that most people think it is. Similar leaks have happened in the U.S. and the U.K., And the supposed news that Fauci may have funded the lab that the leak might have come from, well, yeah, he's been involved in virus research for decades. He's one of the people slinging around money for virus research and is closely tied to how the money actually gets distributed for that research, right? So this is like finding out that a plane crashed somewhere and some guy sent money to a related place to research air travel safety. 
you can still have accidents, even if the point of the research is safety, right? Another analogy would be testing bulletproof vests. If you donate money to a place that does research on bulletproof vests, it's not a conspiracy if someone gets injured during live testing of one of those vests. Instead, it's just like a plane crash. It's another instance of what we're trying to avoid and a call to double down on safety. So, yeah, big conspiracy. The guy who's famous for virus research sent some of his virus research organization's money to, among others, one of the labs that does, wait for it, virus research. It's like the biggest non-story ever. And that's assuming it even did come out of China. Like, there's just nothing to be learned here other than an NTSB-type investigation where we're like, yeah, how do we stop this from happening? All right, notes. Just got done rereading Practical Vim by Drew Neal and redoing basically my entire Vim config, which is super fun for me. Uh, I started this journey by learning a ton more while writing this new Vim article. So I decided to reparse the book from Drew Neal and take notes again, uh, which I did this like years ago when it first came out. And uh, yeah, ended up changing everything. Also ended up looking at my ZSH config uh, as one does. And like ended up redoing all of that as well. I feel like this is like the tech version of a meditation retreat for me or spring cleaning or something. Absolutely love optimizing my shell and Vim configs. Reminds me of like walking into a bookstore and you smell all that paper or something. I don't know. Just feels like endless self-enhancement. And you know that in a year or so, you're going to do it again. You're going to find new tools. Like for example, ZPresto was like the thing for me for a long time. And I got off of OhMyZSH. And now I'm back to OhMyZSH because it's got just more momentum behind it. And same with the migration to NeoVim over regular Vim. It's like it just keeps evolving. And every time I uh, tear up my note cards and write new ones, it just feels cathartic. And the Vim tutorial I'm working on is going to be based on gradual steps. I'm really excited about this one. I'm basically taking Vim's functionality and breaking it into chunks and then ordering them by difficulty. So it might end up having like 15 or 20 levels or maybe even more. But each one will be very small and have a small amount to learn within it. So I'm really excited about revealing the depth of Vim, but in an approachable, tiered sort of way. So you can stop at like level three or four or five or whatever and still be infinitely beyond most people in, in the power of using an editor. But if you can go to level 13 or maybe go to level 20 or 25 or whatever, however many ways I can break this thing down into chunks. but. I currently, I think, have the most popular Vim tutorial. If you just type Vim tutorial into uh, Google or whatever, or start page or whatever browser you use, or a search engine. So the goal with this one is to surpass that one and make it even more popular in about a year or two, whenever SEO kicks in. So that is exciting. Looking forward to having that done. I, it was getting close to being done. And then I just like, I don't know, I kicked over a rock and found more rocks that had uh, Vim scribbled all over them. 
And, uh, yeah, it's been a rabbit hole and I don't know, could be a couple more weeks before I get this thing out. Now I have to reparse everything I just took notes on and like reorganize that along with all my other knowledge. Anyway, it's going to be cool. I'm currently going through this free online course at MIT called the missing semester of your CS education. Pretty cool. It starts off with some shell stuff. This is the other reason I got involved in all the shell stuff. It all, all comes at once somehow. And I just renewed my Audible annual 24-book subscription for the third time in less than 12 months. Pretty sure I've read way over 60 books so far this year. And one of our UL community members, uh, Tim Leonard, has built himself a Doja Bago, which he basically had a bunch of signage and painting done, I believe, and put it on his uh, this Winnebago. And he's like driving it from East Texas across the country. I think he's over by the Grand Canyon right now. But yeah, he just took a vacation and he said he's getting like tons of honks and waves. And uh, he's supposed to have like a QR code so people can actually send him Doge, but I'm not sure that worked out. Discovery. So sponsored Discovery uh, this week. Thinks Canary Tokens. Most companies discover that they've been breached way too late. Canary fixes this. Just three minutes of setup. No ongoing overhead. Nearly zero false positives. And you can detect attackers long before they dig in. Check out why physical VM and cloud-based Canaries are deployed and loved on all seven continents. This is the actual copy from the webpage. I, first time I ever took it from there. And uh, I, I guess that's good copy, but the way I break down this product is like, it's very low overhead and you get to see attacker activity on your network because they're, they're touching tokens that should not be touched in a legitimate way, right? So essentially you have like files sitting around that no one would normally find unless they were doing something malicious. And that, that's what makes this thing so powerful, especially if you don't have great logging and alerting and, you know, centralized logging and stuff like that, which a lot of startups and small, medium-sized companies don't have. Anyway, that's uh, Thinkst. I've been a huge fan of them forever and continue to be. Got a cool thing here. It's called, Is This a Cyber Attack? It's a public service website that indicates whether something they've heard about in the news was an actual cyber attack. And the teaser one here, the colonial attack was not a cyber attack. Everyone's calling it a cyber attack. It sounds cool. Whatever. Cyber Pearl Harbor. A lot of people are saying stuff like that about the colonial one because it was an oil pipeline, because it shut down, because there were shortages as a result. Everyone's like doom and gloom. Turns out it was just ransomware on the IT network. And th there are some dispute uh disputes about this but bottom line is it looks like they just turned off everything because they couldn't actually charge people for the oil that they were selling because the IT network was down it was not an attack on the actual oil pipeline so no not a cyber attack privacy tech worker explains how being at his mom's house for a week resulted in him receiving ads for her toothpaste and he breaks it down in like a massive Twitter thread. Really, really entertaining and interesting. 
Secless 2021.2 release. This is a project that myself and Jason Haddocks put together. This release includes multiple updates from the community, and thanks to Got Milk for all the hard work on maintaining updates on this. He has been a trooper. Senesia.io Create your own AI video by writing a script and picking a model to perform it. So they have these models who can emote in different ways. They're basically deep fake models. You give it a script and it will read it for you like a newscaster, kind of like. It's a bit spooky. Uh, the videos are pretty good. They're not great. There's a little bit of Uncanny Valley going on, but uh, I think at this juncture, it's like pretty obvious to expect that. Pen testing mind maps. The Feynman Lectures audio collection. These were just recently released. What cybersecurity can learn from video games. Deepfakes, but for maps. A newish technique allows pen testers to use captured NT hashes in attacks, even if they've not been cracked. Find a Reddit. Find subreddits for your favorite niche. How well can you distinguish high-res audio? Public pen testing reports. Drunk post. Things I've learned as a senior engineer. Someone gets drunk and gets way too honest about the life of a programmer. This thing was very informative. And a writing tip I learned at Oxford, and I will spoil it for you. It is reading your writing out loud. But still a very good read. Recommendations. David Perel has compiled a great list of paradoxes in modern life, which I encourage you to check out in the show notes. Also known as the newsletter. And the aphorism for the week. Nothing is more persuasive than the opinion you desperately want to believe is true. Nothing is more persuasive than the opinion you desperately want to believe is true. Morgan Housel. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And here's your next podcast.